Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you. As a reminder, you can watch this entire show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. That's youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We record two shows a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, release them on YouTube, and then combine them into this audio podcast once a week for your listening enjoyment. We hope you enjoy it. If you do like the show, consider leaving us a five-star review and Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. It helps us out tremendously. And as a final reminder, you can find all of our Vegas content, that's posts, podcasts, and videos at mtmvegas.com. Thanks again for listening. Let's hit it. So Mark, for over 20 years, this guy has had this license plate that basically says, go back to California. It's been his message consistently for all of this time. And the DMV finally got a complaint. Somebody complained about it. They investigated it. And now they're taking it away, saying it's like hate speech or something like that. All he wants to do is just tell the Californians to go back. What's so wrong with that? I mean, he's talking to you, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. A long time ago. See, I thought this like California hate was a more recent from, you know, the pandemic and people moving out there in flocks and, and raising prices of homes and everything. I didn't know this went back 20 years. So kudos to this guy. But it, it's kind of sad that we're spending our taxpayer dollars to investigate a license plate. Like it's been 20 years. I think it's it's OK. When I first moved to Vegas uh, back in the early 90s, they would say you're not from Las Vegas unless you were born here. And so even someone like me who's lived here for 30 years, they would still say I'm not a Las Vegan. I did like the fact that he can appeal this and that there's this board of 13 voting members uh, that decide whether your license plate is good or not. These, I just imagine <laughs> these 13 DMV workers in a back room somewhere deciding the fate of every license plate. I wonder if he like cut somebody off and they got really mad and they called in. They don't even care about the license plate. Like I can't imagine that being so upsetting to someone that they would take the time to, to file a complaint. So I have to imagine there was some road rage involved or something, but this is just nuts. I don't, I don't understand. So we talked a few weeks ago about how the FAA is looking at this proposal for this, what, 600-something foot tower at Casino Royale, uh, going to be taller than Palazzo, I think. And uh, we don't know a lot about it, but we do know the FAA is considering it. I don't think I've seen, I did a search, didn't see whether the FAA has ruled on their proposal yet or not. But apparently the Outback has been given notice that there's 90 days to vacate. So I guess the employees there are getting laid off. Those are external employees. So we don't really know if anything is imminent yet at Casino Royale. Nothing officially announced other than this FAA thing. We do know they want to build a huge tower. That's going to mean they're going to tear down the whole thing. So it's probably going to happen sooner rather than later, but we don't know yet. Yeah, my guess would be like the lease was up. So they, you know, versus renewing it for another year, they said, hey, let's let's cancel this. So I would assume that something's going to be, they're planning on at least something happening within the next 12 to 15 months on that timeline. But you know, we're just guessing there. And it, it's just, it's sad to see that this is going to happen. You know, another Vegas, Vegas always had like these little seedy places in between these magnificent big buildings. And, and we're losing a little bit of that like budget conscious, you know, cheap hot dog or O'Shea's and Bill's Gambling Hall, like all those like fun little places on the strip have been gobbled up, which you kind of understand because there's only so much strip to go around. But it's still sad to see that you're losing that essence of Vegas a bit. But it's exciting that we might get this property and it's not going to just be this small property, even though we know the land isn't very big there. Uh, Currently, they have that Best Western Motel in the back and then the casino. Uh, It's big enough for a decent sized casino. I think this is around the same size lot that uh, Cosmo sits on. I could be wrong. Could be a little bit smaller than that. 
Uh, that's just off the top of my head. But uh, with that huge height that they're going for, we should see something fun. But if we're starting to see Outback, maybe we'll start to see other announcements and then we can actually get some juicy info. Let's get some concept art. What What is it lately with nobody giving us concept art? It took the A's forever to give us that stadium <laughs> concept then gave, art. Then they gave horrible wrong-facing concept art and all that. But uh <laughs> <laughs> do you think that they'll do something cool? Like, you know how Link, you know, put a little portion of O'Shea's there as a throwback, even though it doesn't have anywhere near the same vibe. At least it was a little bit too. Do you think they'll have like a little section that's called like Casino Royale or or uh, they'll just skip right over it and not want to be a tie to dollar $2.50 hot dogs or whatever? Yeah, who doesn't want that brand tie-in of the <laughs> cheap hot dogs, <laughs> Smoky Casino and Beer Pong? Uh, I don't think so, but who knows? I mean, I would imagine we're going to get a whole new name and a whole new theme and everything else there but we really don't know so this it's another exciting thing like at least we have some unknowns on this week where we finally see the sphere you know not get to the finish line but basically get to the finish line and you know we're some of these projects we've been looking at for years it's good to have new things uh, that we're looking forward to since we can't go like a show without talking about the sphere can we talk about the basketball for a second and how fake it looks in pictures because it looks so realistic it just looks like this big fake i don't know it's just crazy and and another thing of people driving down the road and probably stopping to take pictures and somebody had commented on twitter like there's all these people taking a picture down this road because you know it's the best views of it but it's really not in the best neighborhood so you know what what kind of risks do you want to take to get that uh, gram worthy photo i guess oh come on there's nothing that's too crazy around there uh, <laughs> people are always afraid of stuff i saw some naysayers say oh the sphere just wait till those bulbs start burning out or you have darker areas because that does happen with those types of screens uh hopefully they'll have the money to to replace it i mean i don't think <laughs> like when something brand new like that is spectacular if your first like Go-to thing is, oh, you know, in a year it's going to look terrible because you're going to have, you know, you, at some point you got to just give them props for it, for it looking good. I think it'd be uh, kind of cool to watch them try to put new bulbs in, like, to to mess with all that stuff. And sure, they're going to have to, like, you know, clean them some often or do something. Like, maintenance is going to be kind of massive on that thing. It'll be interesting to see how they handle it and if they keep it up or if it starts to fade over time. But, I mean, we're talking years down the road before it becomes something noticeable, I would imagine. And before you go in the comments and yell at us, we know there's not individual light bulbs so that they're going to go screw in and screw out so don't, uh, don't get us how many las vegans does it take to screw in a light bulb there we go let's answer that yeah answer down in the comments mirage is you know on its multi-year journey to becoming hard rock part of that is getting rid of the animals altogether they announced that uh, we've seen them move the dolphins out and now the last of the tigers are gone from mirage uh, they were moved to two different rescue centers apparently these are very well known world renowned even PETA, i think commented saying that they're you know in the best place possible now so hard rock did fall through along with mgm coordinating all that to get the animals out of there. And there are no more animals, no more tigers at the Mirage. I guess this is a first step in that big transformation. Yeah, I'm glad they ended up finding, you know, space to put them all that that's going to work for them. And and we knew this was coming. So it's still sad to see a bit. And the dolphins moved out, which is probably a good thing for the climate. And, and they were never really a great fit there. Uh, but it's still, you know, people loved walking through that area and this is like the end of it for sure, for sure. So sad to see, but also exciting. As you said, something new uh, will come from it. So we'll see a big guitar someday with other light bulbs that need to be changed. Yeah, I mean, I just think the White Tigers <laughs> and Mirage are so synonymous with each other. And, you know, normally I don't know that this would be a huge deal. I remember when MGM, you know, they had that lion exhibit years ago at MGM Grand 
which I always thought was really cool. Yeah. Uh, But when they removed that, it wasn't like the heart of the place was removed. But I feel like White Tiger is a mirage. Like that's those two things go hand in hand for basically since the beginning. And uh, it is a big step, but it's good for the animals and it's good for Hard Rock as they redevelop that property one light bulb at a time. I just thought like, you know, the sphere, what if it was like Christmas uh, tree lights where one goes out and the whole strand goes out? (laughs) We're triggering all these people that know about lighting, but it's, it's just funny. All right. Let's talk about something that we do know about. Actually, we don't know about. And that's Cosmo's switch over to MGM Rewards. We've covered this occasionally. In fact, there was a rumor uh, that it was going to be happening in April. So we should probably stop covering rumors about this. But I know a lot of people are waiting for that. If you're an MGM Rewards person, you want to be able to earn points at Cosmo, earn comps, all of that stuff when they switch over to MGM Rewards. Uh, currently, Cosmo is still using their identity program. And Vital Vegas is reporting another rumor. But this time, it's saying that it's delayed to February 1st, 2024, the integration. Clearly, they're having problems with integrating this identity still remains a much more generous program so i feel like it's still a good thing for gamblers unless you're waiting as an mgm elite person yeah you know i imagine it depends which side of the coin you're on like if you've been loyal to cosmo you're excited about this news if you've been loyal to mgm you're you're pretty annoyed by all this but i don't understand like they've bought other properties and integrated quickly we saw a changeover at Mirage to Hard Rock like day one it happened. So I don't see why this would be so difficult or, or what the problem, the holdup is here. It, it kind of blows my mind a little bit, but it really depends on where you're coming from, if this is good or bad. And, you know, so I, I don't really gamble it either. So it, it doesn't affect me in any way, but I'm sure more people are happy because they loved Cosmo and were upset about MGM ruining it eventually. So I have to think it has to do with it. Marriott Cosmo's affiliated with Marriott and that's still in place. And maybe that mucks it up a little bit, whereas all the MGM properties are Hyatt. Maybe that has nothing to do with it because we had assumed that they were going to switch to MGM Rewards with Marriott. But maybe that's something to do with it. But uh, for now, Cosmo still a separate property as far as a rewards program. And uh, that's good. So if you have those comps from Identity, you can still use them for a while longer. And uh, maybe one day we'll actually get to switch over. So Flamingo has this new restaurant, Havana 1957. And uh, I guess it's under construction. It's in the space where the former Tropical Breeze Cafe was. That's across from the former buffet space. And uh, I guess this is a change out of South Florida, obviously going to be Cuban food of a certain era, 1957. So you got that sort of throwback kind of theme going with it. Uh, It looks kind of cool. No, I mean, this is kind of cool to see for... Flamingo, like they've kind of upped their game a little bit. They they were never really known for having a good restaurant scene, and it's kind of below average food for the most part. The the steakhouse that they put in the old uh, Diamond Club area, yeah, that that place looks amazing. I've heard only good things about it. Walk through, didn't actually get a chance to sit down and eat in there, but it looks awesome. Fits the vibe really well, and you know Havana really fits the Flamingo vibe. Those will be right down the hall from each other, so I think it's a good draw leading into the promenade, uh, you know, and all those restaurants that are out there. So I think this is good for them and good to see Caesars not bringing in a head chef, you know, a Gordon Ramsay restaurant and plugging it in somewhere. So that's nice to see as well. Yeah, I think these types of additions work perfectly for Flamingo. I think that they should lean heavy into that historical theme, that old mob theme, all of that stuff. And this works really well with that. You know, if you were to redevelop Flamingo, and I don't think that they're going to, but if you were going to do it, these are the types of venues that you would create and I think a historical sort of redevelopment. So even though we're getting it piecemeal, I think it's a good move. And uh, like I said, it looks good. So uh, looking forward to trying that out. And if you like Cuban food, it'll be a good option on the strip. Did you see this tweet? Uh, this guy 
talked about, obviously he's a big gambler, right? And so he has his numbers, right? Every casino, they keep track of your wins and losses. Uh, he went to Circa, reached out to them. I guess he's a big MGM player, and they gave him this full comp suite, uh, 1600 in free play. And, you know, just wanted to, you, you actually pointed this out, kind of reminding the people, if you do gamble at one place, don't be shy to kind of shop yourself around to other casinos and see what they have to offer. Yeah, if you're at the level that you have a host, you know, which... Th- if you go quite often, it's not that hard to get to that level uh, if you gamble. So uh, definitely reach out to other places, see what you can get. And you'll even get like as hosts move around, they'll send out targeted things to you. Like once I got one for uh, Venetian, even though I'd never gambled there before, like come try us, we'll give you a room and, and some free play and stuff like that. So they did that proactively where this, if you want to go check something out, uh, definitely reach out there. And I think Circa has been one of the better ones as far as doing these type of things is in allowing big sports bets and stuff like that. Like they're definitely more pro gambler than I think, you know, an MGM or a Caesars is a type of thing. So I think that they will play ball with you a little bit more. So definitely worth taking a chance. If you have that type of play that you can easily show them, you know, here, here's what I've done in my last couple visits what will that get me here and i'm sure they'll try to bring you downtown yeah i think that's a good point focus on the smaller programs too right circa has a, a smaller program with just a couple casinos downtown uh there's a ton of other things around town you know one-off programs uh things like that and you know you often Virgin. can <laughs> there you go you can get a million dollars in Drink. free play and uh yeah, I'm sure they'll give you something nice there at Virgin. Uh, but, you know, this is a thing to do. Just keep yourself open to other possibilities. It's always nice to go to a different place as well. You know, I guess it comes down to how rewarding do you want your gambling to be? Because I think if you really focus all your play in one program, especially if it's one of the big programs, you're not going to get the most value out of your gambling. It's hard because, like, in the travel space, Mark, we talk about, you know, getting stuff for quote unquote free and, you know, maximum return and gambling. I don't think you're really ever going to come out ahead or at least in most cases, right? That's how they build these big buildings, but you're trying to say, I'm getting this entertainment value. I'm spending this time and what's my overall value. And the truth is if you kind of play multiple programs against each other and spread your play around, you can do a lot better than if you just went to one casino, if you went to MGM grand on every trip and they know exactly what you're going to do and they know they got your loyalty, it's not going to be quite as good. Yeah. And if you're going to go big, you know, like you, you have one night where you always spend a lot more, maybe go to a new program and drop that big night on the new program because they're going to say, Whoa, this is their norm. This is what he normally the average daily is going to be. So they'll they'll offer you something bigger, you know, thinking that that's what you do over a five day period versus that's one night and then you you slow down the next couple nights type of thing. So definitely play off of that as well as, you know, status matches, which we've talked about. That's a good way to get free perks, you know, free dinner, stuff like that and, and take advantage. I think this is something Resorts World could have done better when they came on, especially trying to be, you know, a whale type place and a big gambler place is, is be more proactive in getting people to come over match, give them offers and stuff like that. And I didn't hear about it as much. Maybe it did go on, but I didn't hear about it as much as, as I would have expected for them being a unique one-off property and trying to be a gambler's uh, type of paradise. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's interesting how everybody's competing for each other. You mentioned status matches. Obviously, those can help. Uh, in certain circumstances. And then there's services too that will shop your gaming around. UR Compt is probably the best known one and they work a lot with cruise ships. 
but they also work with land-based casinos as well. So you can upload different offers you have to them and they will go to their partners and try to match you uh, with offers and they get, you know, kicked back, I guess, from the casino for bringing in a, a client. That's sort of how it works. And so you can get free cruises and stuff like that. So if you're just like somebody who does play enough where you're getting these kind of sweet offers with free rooms, a decent amount of free play, then you can probably do better and you can try different things, going to different cities, uh, cruises. Maybe none of that matters to you. Maybe you want to, you know, go to the MGM Grand and stay there every time. But it's just a good reminder that there is more out there. And, you know, oftentimes, like you said, when they're trying to get your business at the beginning, they don't know what your historical play is. So if you kind of play with that a little bit, you can do better. And they often treat you really, really good at the beginning when they don't know how good or not of a customer you are. Yeah, and I think you made a good point. It's like, it's weird how in Vegas, let's say, all the Caesars properties kind of talk to each other. They know what you're doing and they give you offers based off of that, what you've done in Vegas. But if you go to New Orleans or Baltimore or something like that, that's like a unique one-off thing. If you go there and you gamble big, you're going to get really huge offers for that independent place. And it's not really going to affect anything in Vegas. It's not going to help you in Vegas. It's not going to hurt you in Vegas. But when you go to these out-of-state, you know, one-off places, if you show them, you know, kind of think about that. And if you show them like a one-day big, big uh, burn, you'll get offers. I've gotten better offers to New Orleans than I've ever gotten to Vegas, and I didn't gamble any differently. It was just, it was my first night there. I did all my stuff in one night, and I got, you know, flight credits, limo, all that stuff, and it it was kind of nuts. And then after I went back two or three times, they're like, well, maybe not. Maybe not. We're not going to give you all that stuff. You'll get some free play. There you go. In a room. Uh, So, yeah, it's kind of crazy how they don't really talk to each other very well, which I find bizarre. Yeah, they came. You came in that third time and they're like, uh, yeah, we we, we, we fool me once. uh. (laughs) So, Mark, it was a crazy week in Las Vegas. We have so much to talk about. But did you see this guy dancing naked in Harrah's? Uh, apparently, his family says he was drugged. Now, I think that's the story anybody would tell if they did this. But uh, based on what happened, it seems like probably that was the case. Uh, he hit a one-legged guy, I think, in Flamingo, went out to Link Promenade, ended up in Harrah's. What a crazy story. And it wasn't even the craziest one this week. Yeah, I, I first saw the video and you didn't hear like the before stuff when the, he gets in a fight with a one-legged man, which I don't know why they bring up the one leg, but it, it just like adds to the craziness of the whole thing. So fights in the Flamingo, strips naked, runs through the link, promenade, all that stuff, ends up at Harris. And what do they do with that table? Do you just light it on fire? Because once you gyrate testicles on a table, I don't think you can use it anymore. <laughs> You know, he's got a great Vegas story to tell. That's like a hangover level story, I think. He can be like, I'm the Will Ferrell in this uh, in this real life. We're going streaking through the quad. <laughs> <laughs> going on in Vegas this week, Boring Company has finished their next tunnel. This is the one to Encore. And apparently the one to Westgate is finished as well. But they did announce that uh, the Encore Tunnel and that station will be opening in the first quarter of 2024. So the tunnel's done. But now I guess all the road paving, all that stuff has to happen. I think it said they took them 10 weeks to build this tunnel. So at this rate, we should have the whole system by 2045. (laughs) Yeah, this is supposed to be quicker and easier, but it it doesn't seem like it's uh, working out that way so much. And then I know we're going to talk in a bit about... 
the leaked video of what the the van might look like that they're doing but it just looks like everything else. i still don't see how this works with all the humans you need to drive these cars even the the van looks like it has a, a steering wheel and a driver's seat and all that stuff so i don't know how they're gonna make this cost effective with all the labor intense that intensive labor you need for it as well as all the vehicles and everything it just seems like a random crazy thing but you know hey it's his dime let let him spend it i guess so this tunnel is 2325 feet uh so that kind of gives you an idea of the length so obviously you know the big tunnels are going to be a couple miles long so you know we could see what it would take them this was the first time they didn't need to use a crane to pull the boring machine out of the tunnel for some reason so i guess it was able to drive itself out i don't know uh what's going on with that but yeah let's uh let's talk about that vehicle las vegas locally a few weeks ago hinted that this vehicle existed uh jacob's life in vegas he apparently got a shot of it, so we have a video of what it looks like, and it looks a lot like the concept that they had a few years ago. Uh, I couldn't really tell. I think it's somewhere between 10 and 12 seats inside of there, uh, but I tried to kind of look carefully, but it looks good. I mean, it's a big improvement over just a Tesla, right? I mean, they're tripling or yeah, quadrupling their sure. capacity. Yeah, I mean, it'll alleviate some of the issues you have with people whenever this is full going, you know, but getting stuck at stops, waiting in line to get to have a car pull up. So it should move things along. It's still, I don't think it's as efficient as like a, you know, subway car has how many cars attached to it. Everybody jumps on. You only have one or two people on it working it. So just, you know, that's what I worry about is the, the amount of labor that you need for this. But hopefully it works. This is definitely an improvement. I'll give them that. And I don't know. Do you think it's going to be all open glass like it's showing? I mean, that's kind of cool that you can see all the tunnel from all the different angles and everything. You won't get blocked. You won't feel stuffy even though you're in a tunnel, I feel like. Yeah, having all that glass is sort of a design feature of Teslas. They have big roofs and things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if it is for that and to give that more open space. So this is good news. I mean, we can say that, you know, maybe this won't be great. They're definitely going to have growing pains as they try to figure this out. But even moving taxi traffic below the, the level of the street will help. So uh, good to see that. And I'm glad they developed the van. Hopefully autonomous vehicles will be on the plate at some point down there. No. Marcus, Marcus scared. <laughs> <laughs> on the last show, we talked about Cosmos staying with identity rewards uh, through next year. And uh, we didn't really know what that was about. Uh, obviously, you know, they aligned when they're supposed to switch over to MGM rewards to when the status ends at the end of January next year. Uh, but just after we recorded that show and released it, Hyatt and MGM announced that their partnership is ending in September. And, uh, you know, if you're watching this show today and you haven't matched your MGM status to Hyatt or vice versa, this is your last day, the day this comes out, July 14th to do that. Um, so the status matches are going away in September. The match, you're not gonna be able to earn points or anything between these programs. Maybe that's a reason they held off on Cosmo too, but this is a big loss for MGM, but we'll talk about Rio in a little bit and uh, Hyatt is coming to town. So is this a surprise to you? Yeah. I'm wondering like who initiated this or was it mutual decision between the two? Like, is this Hyatt saying, Hey, we're going to be at Rio. We don't really want to mess with MGM or MGM saying, Hey, we're tired of, you know, paying out these points or whatever. So it's a big loss on the travel side for sure. Uh, anybody that chased Hyatt status, cause you could get a lot of cheap nights, elite night credit, uh, you know, staying at Excalibur or something like that. And during midweek and and not a busy time you know you could spend 20 bucks 30 bucks whatever it be uh to get a night so that was as cheap as it gets really 
And then the other, the flip side of this is Hyatt Points didn't used to be useful to, to book the rooms, but with how crazy prices are on the weekends, you know, five, $600 sometimes for a night, using those Hyatt Points became super valuable if you needed to be there on a weekend. So that's a big loss as well. I'm kind of curious, does Marriott move in and, and take over everything uh, MGM? Or, you know, are they looking to part ways with that and not having any type of partnership? So that's still kind of up in the air too. Yeah, that's a big question. Is it going to be Marriott, who we know partners with Cosmo currently? Uh, could they partner with IHG, who partners with Venetian or, you know, some other company or just stay it alone? and realized that maybe they didn't need it. I always got the feeling that Hyatt got the better end of that deal. It was more of Hyatt's customers coming to Vegas and, and doing that than MGM's customers going out to the wider Hyatt footprint, but I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so a lot up in the air, but just make sure if you want to do the stats match, you do it if you're seeing this on the day it came out. And I'm sure we'll learn more as this goes on. And we'll talk a little bit more about Hyatt and Rio uh, just a bit later. But uh, two of the closed COVID casinos, Texas Station, Fiesta Rancho, uh, we've seen them get torn down. We followed this for years, right? They were closed during COVID. Then Station Casino said, we're moving out of the neighborhood. They sold the properties and everything's been torn down except for the ice rink at Fiesta. And uh, now a company has said that they're going to build this massive mixed use development, experiential, commercial, retail, dining, shopping, you know, residential units, over 600 of them. Uh, this is an interesting thing for that area. I wouldn't have thought that area would really support something like this but this seems like you know one of those very modern mixed use live work play kind of places yeah it looks really cool and i love that they have like a big awning overall that it kind of feels like a, a fremont street experience almost even though there's no like light show or anything but you know you don't want to be out there in the middle middle of summer out in the in the sun so that's cool that they got that plus if it rains or something and you're walking around it, it's actually really nice to, to get all that stuff done and you know we've talked about vegas getting crowded and people moving in nonstop, and so maybe this is expanding out there or they see that that area growing in the future and adding 600 more units for people hopefully alleviates some of that pressure so that's nice and you'll you know as you grow you need more shopping so i think i hope it works out it looks really great so i think it you know i'd go check it out for sure and it's also going to have the ice arena incorporated into it i think a sports field and then they also are filing for a 150 room hotel with a gaming license which i thought I don't know why I thought this. Maybe I just made this up that Station Casinos was trying to get that land restricted so you couldn't put a casino there. So maybe that didn't happen. But if you look at, we had these two casinos and small hotels. You did have Bowling Alley, movie theater. Maybe we'll get some of that back like a movie theater as well. But I think this is an improvement. You get shopping, you get residential units, and then a, potentially another casino, a new one, uh, maybe a smaller one. So yeah, I mean, this is a great development, I think. And it, it hurts to lose those, one, those other casinos. I really did love them, but it's glad to see that it's not just going to be a dirt lot for the next 10 years. <laughs> it's not going to be all net arena 2.0. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the Rio. They were in front of the gaming control board this week and uh, basically Dreamscape going and showing their plans for what they're going to do and uh, talking about it. Caesars is in control, but Dreamscape is starting the moving process. We talked about how they closed off the buffet area. They confirmed that's going to be a food hall. And uh, now we know kind of a time frame on how they're going to renovate the Rio. The first phase is going to be 18 months and that's going to be the Ipanema Tower. That's sort of the original tower there. One and a half thousand rooms are going to be renovated into various Hyatt brands, uh, along with the pool, some food and beverage, and the convention space. And then in phase two, they're going to do the Masquerade Tower, which is that taller, newer tower. A thousand rooms there, plus more food and beverage. $350 million total for this renovation. I think that's a little lower than we had thought it was going to be. I don't know if that's enough to make Rio what it needs to be with, you know, bringing it down, fixing the plumbing and everything else. But uh, Hyatt's not going to let them open a trashy hotel. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, this is good. This is starting now, basically, even before the end of the year. 
they're getting going, and they were recommended for approval for their gaming license. I want to first say I love that you said one and a half thousand instead of fifteen hundred rooms. I, I don't know because I was reading it off the thing and it said one point five k, and somehow I just translated that to one and a half thousand. Oh, uh, cracks me up. But uh, no, I mean it does seem a little bit on the low end because that's a massive property, you know, and they have, it, nothing is in in good condition really to the level that you want. And like you said, Hyatt, big partnership. They're known for having quality hotels. You know, that's kind of the staple and why a lot of people love them is because no matter what Hyatt go into, for the most part, you know, more than any other chain, you're going to get quality. So they need to hold up to that end of the bargain. So I imagine the rooms will be nice. Maybe that leaves less money to take care of the the more public areas or spaces. So we'll have to see about that, you know, the pool area. And I like that they're talking about, you know, making it for the locals as well as for tourists. Maybe that's starting to make sense to people like, hey, we do need, we have this big area, a lot of people in this area. Why aren't we tapping that resource? So hopefully they do something cool with that uh, for the locals. Yeah, historically, this property always was sort of tourist slash local. And then Caesars over the years really went away from marketing the locals like they used to have 50% off at the buffet and all kinds of kind of local promotions in addition to the tourists that they were drawing and that sort of just went away so I feel like it's a great move back there they said there's not going to be any nightclub or big DJs there they are refreshing every square foot of the casino Uh, so and this is you know this is a very grand resort Uh, it was built you know to be a mega resort even though it's not on the strip so there's tons of restaurant spaces it's a big place so there's a lot to do and just about every corner of it's looking tired dated you know hasn't been given love in a long time Uh, you know and how many millions of dollars worth of pillows do they need right (laughs) yeah there's there's the budget gone right there just getting you know go to Walmart and buy up all all the pillows be like mr beast buy out all the pillows in a store so uh, more bad news coming uh, venetian palazzo apparently are going to move towards paid parking uh, this was reported by Las Vegas locally. It's not confirmed publicly yet. This is not a huge surprise. I had never really thought about this, but obviously with the a- sphere opening, uh, they're going to charge for parking there. I mean, uh, you're going to be bringing, I-, I thought maybe we would have event parking, but it makes sense with things going on all the time there that they're going to do this. New owners, they want to get that revenue. Vital Vegas said maybe when will be next. We will see because they did have paid parking at one point and then they backed away from that. Yeah, more paid parking coming to the Strip. No news because it hasn't been announced whether locals will be free. Other ways to get free parking at Venetian. But yeah, this is not a shock. Yeah, not surprising. I mean, when I don't think makes as much sense besides just wanting to get the revenue because... Who really wants to park that end of the strip and, and then walk? I mean, winds set back a bit. So you got to walk down that walk, you know, to get out onto the strip. And then you're not really close to anything besides Resorts World. So I don't know why that would make sense. But yeah, this one, Venetian Palazzo, definitely people are going to take advantage of it. Especially, like you said, with the sphere opening and all those events going on and, and people wanting to be somewhat close and not having to pay for it. So hopefully they allow locals, uh, you know, to, to park free like we've seen some other people do. And hopefully it's not a stupid app like uh, the Strat. Yeah, hopefully they pay a little bit of money and get away from the QR code nonsense. Yeah. Treasure Island does still have free parking, and they have those big signs that say it, so hopefully that'll stick around for a while. It's not too bad of a walk if you're going to the Sphere. Uh, certainly, if you're just going to the Venetian Casino, parking at Treasure Island, walking across isn't terrible. You know, it's not the best solution in the world, but, you know, certainly there still is parking there. To your point, the parking garages at Wynn and Encore are far enough away from Venetian that, you know, maybe they won't get overloaded and maybe they'll see it as a positive. All right. So Caesar's Palace, let's talk about Caesar's Palace. 
It was in the news for a couple reasons this week. First, this tweet went viral where this guy arrives uh, about 7 p.m., wants to check into the hotel, and there's like, according to him, a three to four hour wait. And, you know, Caesars does have kiosks. And I noticed when I checked into Harrah's a couple months ago, there was like six or seven people in line and the kiosks were empty and people were waiting and they only had one agent checking people in. And I wonder if part of the problem is that people don't know the kiosks exist or if people are just trying to get upgrades or whatever, because that is a thing about Vegas casinos. They have so many different types of rooms and room categories. Uh, But he so he just like he's like, screw it. He goes away. He comes back at like, what, one in the morning or something, tries to check in, still has to wait a long time. And then he found out they gave away his room. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, all hotels have a cutoff time when you're you're supposed to check in by and they'll give it. Usually they're not sold out so they can, you know, reopen it up and, and give it to you. So that's sad to see. But yeah, I mean, it's the same thing you see at grocery stores or CVS or anything. All those self-checkouts. People wait in line with five or six people and not use the self-checkout. One, they're either stubborn and they say, it's not my job to do the checkout myself. Okay, then you're wasting your time in line, but that's cool. Or, you know, they don't feel comfortable doing it so maybe this is the problem with the kiosk or like you said maybe trying the the $20 sandwich which is probably $50 sandwich now a trick to get upgraded room or discuss you know views or whatever or try to talk to the check-in agent and get something better but my thing is if you're coming for a weekend and you you're there for a short period of time book the room you want and then just do the kiosk check-in you don't have to worry about it skip the line or if you have status you know go to those status check-ins which maybe some people don't even know those exist but that that's right around the corner at caesar's and caesar's is caesar's palace is one of the worst you know you see long check-in lines there every thursday friday saturday night it's horrible yeah it does get really bad there and you gave some really good advice Some other advice I saw was check in at the kiosk, and then if you don't like the room you're given, call uh, the front desk from a house phone, and they will switch you to another room uh, if it's possible. Obviously, maybe they gave you like a first floor with a room of an air conditioning, and you just want a normal view. Obviously, they're not going to call them up, give me a suite or something like that, but... (laughs) Uh, I, want you know, I just don't know it's worth the, the $50 sandwich trick if I have to wait four hours to check in. I just, no. I don't, I, yeah, it's, I'd rather take the worst room possible. And like at that Harris check-in, those people were waiting forever. I just walked right up and I had my key in a minute. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing. But the big news about Caesar's Palace was this guy went nuts, held a woman hostage in his room for what, five hours or something. And the big thing that kind of went crazy on social media was he broke a window and started throwing furniture out there. The police even said this was the worst property destruction, the one officer that he's ever seen. And obviously the window breaking out gives us, you know, flashbacks to October 1. So there was a lot of fear initially. They had to close the pool area, got everybody undercover. And then once it turned into like a standoff, the casino went back to normal and they just closed the floor. And then after like five hours, the police went in and got this guy. He had a knife, no gun. Yeah, it was a crazy thing. It was just nuts to see the furniture flying out the window. I'm kind of surprised to see. I know it's just one police officer saying this is the worst damage he's ever seen. But you think, you know, that there'd been worse or bigger rooms trashed or parties and suites. But Police probably aren't called to that, you know, normally. That's more of an internal thing that they sweep under the rug, so to speak. Yeah, it's definitely a crazy story. Scary, especially if you're in the pool and all of a sudden everybody's like, get out, get out. And you hear stuff flying out the window and crashing into the ground. Like, you definitely, this time, you know, these years, the last few years with all the shootings and stuff we've seen, everybody gets nervous. You know, what was it? late last year where they heard a loud bang and somebody thought it was gunfire and they shut down a whole bunch of casinos when it was just somebody throwing a rock at a window. So everybody's on high alert. So definitely glad nobody ended up getting hurt and and definitely a scary situation for anybody that was in the area. Yeah. People got hurt during that 
that glass breaking thing uh, where everybody panicked. Uh, it seems like the staff did a really good job of keeping everybody calm, getting them safe. The, the police were able to apprehend the guy. The woman wasn't hurt. So this actually ends up being a good story. Obviously, he's going to go to jail for everything that he did. And he threw every piece of furniture or that he could basically out that window. So, yeah, just a nutty story. In a nutty week in Las Vegas, naked people dancing on tables. There was this crazy fight at the wind that involved a wheelchair and a lady in a thong or something. I don't know. Uh, and then this, it's, it really was like a week of hangover. It's like the movie Hangover all in one week uh, in Las Vegas. It's, it's funny because we were talking, you know, before last episode, before filming, and Sean's like, you know, the last couple of weeks, there hasn't been a lot going on. It, it just seems kind of slow. And Vegas hasn't been super crazy. We don't have a ton to talk about. And then this week, like everybody lost their mind. Thank you for listening to the MTM Vegas podcast. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube where we release the show twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. And all of our Vegas content can be found at mtmvegas.com. That's posts, podcasts, videos. See you there. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time.